I checked out three books from the library on dog training. One turned out to be a comedy and not useful, however the second one was written by the monks of New Skeet. and had so much information I didn't even have space to deal with the third book, which from a glance had pretty much the same information, just less. Caesar Milan was someone I wanted to check out as well, but I have a feeling the library had all their copies stolen and never bothered to buy more as they weren't even in the system. I initially got the idea for this part of the series way before I had thought about putting it up on YouTube from the South Park episode portraying Mr. Milan. Sadly, many people want a puppy for the same reasons they want a child. They want love, adoration, and validation without actually doing the work and research that the child or pet needs to thrive. When the parent realizes that the child or pet isn't naturally behaving, they take one of two extremes. They use fear or they let the child remain spoiled, begging and pleading with the child or pet because they don't have the emotional fortitude to be the grown-up. Parents of both dogs and children and their inner beast must rely on fun dominance early on or they will have to use much more harsh treatments later. It isn't a malicious attempt by your dog or child though. A puppy prefers the calm established social order, but to better spread genes is also driven by instinct to take a mile anytime an inch is given in case they can move up in rank. Nothing personal. As younger pups grow older and older wolves get sick, the dynamic changes. If an alpha dies, it can throw everything into chaos, splitting the pack. Most pack disputes are psychological displays and emotional cowing. It's actually rare for a pack member to fight. Restraint is something that parent wolves and dogs do to instill respect and good pack dynamics. This must be instilled first before actual tricks and training can begin. So you must maintain dominance of your inner beast, or anytime you show it a bit of weakness, it's wired to be the alpha, and it conditions itself to fight and challenge you the next time. This makes fighting an addiction or willpower harder to come by the next time. Once you've got the puppy comfortable in their crate, you need to get them conditioned to go in certain spots outside so they don't go on the way out the door. You need to let them have scent posts that they will pee at when they go outside. They will smell their own scent, mark it, and then update it every day to indicate their territory. Use at least two syllable word commands like hurry up or do it, then follow up with praise. Speak calmly, increase volume or pleading, sounds like desperation, and don't be overly loud or enthusiastic. The scent post and command words followed by praise will trigger release, making things faster for you. Always watch them go for the first few weeks to ensure they're using their scent posts. If they're marking everything, they will be more likely to mark your floors. If living in a city, you must use paper training instead before 16 weeks as they won't have been vaccinated to the deadly parvovirus till then. Puppies live in the present, so punishment confuses them and they can't make this connection, so reinforcement has to be instantaneous. Remember, if a puppy piddles on your floor, it's your fault, not his, for the failure. Clap your hands, shake keys or cans with pennies or a clicker to get his attention in the act. Move him outside, then put him back in his crate. Don't let him see you clean up or he'll think of you as his maid. Use dog deodorizer to prevent him from seeing it as a scent post. If your dog or inner beast act up, remember not to take your frustration out on it. Many people are unable to separate themselves from their inner beast and they take their anger out on themselves, making things worse. 
It's a concept of judgmental versus non-judgmental self-analysis. It's why many people cannot learn from their mistakes as they cannot separate themselves from their inner beast and instead rationalize it or forget it because they can't take the guilt and cognitive dissonance. This idea of looking at yourself guiltlessly in all of its shame and full honesty is very Buddhist. When I've screwed up, I will discuss the scenario thinking out loud sometimes, trying to figure out the mechanisms that caused me to do it. People will tell me, don't be so hard on yourself or don't beat yourself up. I'm not. I'm being a responsible adult, trying to figure out how to ensure my inner beast doesn't mess up again. I'm not feeling guilty. Maybe a little bit embarrassed that I had that little control over myself, but since they only see replaying or analyzing their failure as a form of self-internalizing, they assume I'm self-abusive. Around the 7 to 10 week mark is when you need to start teaching them fun submission traits, like restraint. Dogs don't get verbal language, they communicate tactily, so you must communicate the same way. Place the pup between your knees or legs with your right hand on his chest and your left on his muzzle. If he accepts it, praise him softly and pet. If he squirms, hold him in the position firmly, but not too loud and say, no, stay. As soon as he settles down, begin petting him on the top of his head and the back of his neck. Repeat as needed if struggling continues. Make sure your grip is firm to show control and not indecision, but not too firm to be painful. They need to feel good about accepting their role in the pack as not alpha. After that, you need to have the pup desensitized to allowing you to inspect his mouth and ears. Do so using the hold technique and stages, as getting him trained to do this will make taking medicine and checking for poisonous things in his mouth to be a lot safer for you. After this, you have to train the puppy to allow full body inspection. Use praise, gentle speech, and strokes when behaving and being obedient. Put back in the firm hold and say no, sit, when squirming, but go slowly. Most of the moves are not things he likes, but the vet will very much appreciate a dog that can get a full inspection willingly that doesn't require restraints or muzzles or the chance of hurting itself or others. These sessions can be relaxing for both of you, so enjoy this time with your dog. Being animate and happy means the dog is learning well. It knows its place, and the training is fun. It doesn't see it as training, but time spent with you. Associating good feelings with taking commands works so much better than getting it out of commands linked with fear. It's why besides muscle health, I find massage to be important for a good relationship of mutual trust and relaxation. Horse training also works on this system as they like their facial areas touched as a reward and form of praise. You know you have reached a point of good healthy submission when the dog has her ears back and tail slightly under to hide the anus as if to say, I'm not really here. Her tail is slightly waggling, crouching low. The social order is stable and she is content. The final thing I will discuss, and there is a lot more to learn in the books below, is how to teach your dog to sit. Fill your dog's dish with fresh food. Your dog may try and jump up. Wave your hand over the dog's head, snapping your fingers. To get a good focus on your hand, the dog will naturally sit. At that moment, put the dish down and say, sit, then follow with praise. Repeat this each time you feed it until it becomes conditioned to sit when you say it without food. One final note on dog trainers. If they claim that they have a one-size-fits-all training method, then you can tell they aren't good trainers. No one method works, which is why I'm giving you tools and examples that you can use to raise your own awareness and think about your problems. 
Change your methods as needed. If a dog stops grasping what is being done, reduce the length of your exercise session and increase the number of exercises it enjoys to maintain dominance and obedience. Right before I was about to record this video, I ran into a podcast by a neuroscientist discussing willpower. In the podcast, it seems you have a reservoir of willpower that can be imaged via fMRI. Telling someone the consequences did very little to raise a person's self-control, but thinking about ways to accomplish their goals had a much bigger effect on the long-term goals. It shows that threatening by punishment is not so useful. It's too early in the research, but at this point, the only way to replenish that reservoir is to take a break and do something you're good at. It raises your own confidence and your willpower reserve. Work out your willpower more and more like a muscle. You can work it out with plenty of breaks when you get fatigued. It matches exactly what you need to do with a dog. The podcast is linked in the bottom bar. If you follow these steps and don't get discouraged and take it slowly, over time you too will have a well-behaved, obedient inner beast that will make your life easier and happier.